1: episode of the championship roundtable i'm your host jake jackman and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com yep i'm kevin
2: i edit Leeds united mad an independent website uh, i've also got a twitter handle Leeds united underscore mad uh, obviously spotted leads most of my life um and looking forward to an exciting season i'm sure things are on the way up but uh, if you look at the league table at the moment doesn't appear to be that way, but hopefully things will start moving after the um, two-week rest. We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, I'm Steve. I present the Forever Forest podcast, which is a podcast encapsulating all the trials and mostly tribulations of Nottingham Forest, which is, if you're not a part of it, you maybe don't realise it, but it's one of the most entertaining clubs in the world because there's always something stupid happening. Uh, whether it's on the pitch or in the boardroom, there's always something interesting happening. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear all about it in, in the next minutes or so, because there's been a lot happening in the last week at Forest, as there always is. And yeah, we're looking forward to discussing that, I think.
4: I'm Matt Cutler, um, Aston Villa fan. Um, I'm a sports journalist specialising in the business of sport. Um, I also read my own podcast, which is called SB Weekly. Um, and yeah, it's been a... Uh, Busy month or so for Villa, particularly with this transfer window. We were a lot of comings and goings, a lot of money spent. um, And I guess you can get my views on who's come in later on.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Uh, We'll just start with making rounds where each of us will have a few minutes to discuss what our club have been doing over the past week. Kevin, we'll start with you. Talk us through the uh, latest news affecting Leeds United.
2: Well, it's been... um... I've been told it's our worst August start since we've been promoted back to the Championship. So not a very good start to the season. Um, Gary Monk's brought in 11 players, which is effectively a full side, but uh, seems to be lacking a bit on uh, centre-halves and lacking maybe another centre-forward. But um, now that the emergency window no longer exists, there's this thing called free agents where there's a load of players available that nobody else wants and uh, <laughs> it looks like Leeds might have to look to see who's available in that little package of players and, and try and bring in another centre half because the day after the transfer window shut our captain decided he wanted to leave for personal reasons so obviously that sets a little bit so Soul Bamba has moved on um, and we need to replace him ASAP uh, with pre-agent probably and we need um another forward to sort of keep Chris Wood and Marcus Anderson on the toes. Um, like I say, not a very good start to the season. I tend not to look at the table, especially where we are at the moment, I and mean, until about ten games into the season. So hopefully we should be able to gauge the new players a lot better after maybe another five games and hopefully things will move on from there. But um um only one decent game to look look back on really, it's the Sheffield Wednesday away performance, which was absolutely perfect. Went to Wednesday, got a 2 0 victory. I thought the season would change on that particular performance, but after the Forest uh, last league game, we seem to have sort of gone backwards a little bit again. So uh, we've only got the um, table toppers to meet next time, our local rivals down the road, Huddersfield. So we'll see how that goes. Then we've got Blackburn on the Tuesday. So we've got two home games to get our season sort of back on the road and start moving again. And hopefully we'll see an improvement in those two games. So roll on September the tenth.
1: Yeah, you just mentioned your squad there. You did make quite a few signings over the summer. And it sounds obviously like you're not happy with your squad. What sort of issues do you think should have been addressed before the window closed?
2: Uh well, I'm happy with the squad. It's just that <clears throat> obviously We don't appear to, we seem to have so many midfield players. Uh, We haven't moved any on. We bought in O'Kane from Bournemouth, which is a useful player, but we tend to have a lot of good midfield players around. The only thing is Gary Monk doesn't seem to know what his best 11 is at the moment. Um, I thought the best 11 was the win at uh, Wednesday. Uh, Obviously, he changed it completely against Luton. Completely different 11, but we managed to get a victory. And then he changed it again against um, Forest. When he, I thought he should have kept the same team that beat Wednesday because that was the best performance of the season. He decided to drop Moet, Alex Moet, one of our young stars, and um, put Pablo Hernandez into the team. A decent signing at the start of the season, but I think it's taken a little bit of time to get used to the championship way of playing football. Is It is a class above a lot of other players in the league. I think he will be a good signing eventually. But I think he's just taken a bit of time to sort of get used to sort of the championship week to week. Uh, Saturday, Tuesday this sort of football. So it'll take him a while to find his feet. Whilst he's finding his feet, I think he should be maybe just introduced for about 20 minutes or so, just while he gets used to it. So why he, he changed it completely against Forest, I don't know why, but obviously it didn't work out. So it's back to the drawing board again for Huddersfield. So... Hopefully, you know, they're sort of up and running at the moment. They've only dropped a couple of points. They're the team to be at the moment by the looks of things. Uh, If you'd have said at the start of the season, there'd be three Yorkshire clubs in the the top three. You'd probably think of maybe Wednesday, maybe Leeds, but obviously it's Barnsley and Huddersfield that seem to be making the running in our area, Um, which is disappointing for Wednesday and Leeds fans. But uh, I'm sure by 10, 15 games, you know, Um, things may have changed a little bit again that's what I'm hoping for but I'm pleased with the squad, I'm pleased with Gary Monk I'm pleased with the backroom staff he's got in as well Um, James Beattie's been around, he knows the ropes a little bit and obviously Pep Clotte, outstanding coach I think obviously they will get it right eventually but the thing is with our owner will they be given enough time to sort of uh, get things sorted out or will he start getting itchy feet again and um, you know, start doing what he does best is getting new coaches in every sort of six to eight games so it's a bit of a nervous time for Gary Monk he has to get it right on the 10th of September but obviously we're like I said before we're playing the league leader so it's going to be a tough game but he's got to get at least a maximum of, of four out of six points in the, out of the next two home games if he doesn't then obviously um, Massimo Cellino could be sort of knocking on his door and asking what's going on again and I start making a couple of changes. But hopefully, like I said before, he'll be given enough time to sort things out and hopefully things will improve from there.
1: Steve, the big news out of Forrest this past week has been the sale of Oliver Burke to Red Bull Leipzig. What are your thoughts on that and has anything else been happening at the club?
3: Well, As I mentioned in my intro, something always seems to be happening at Forest. The sale of Burke was... The major news of the summer, we didn't need money. Forest had done some sensible business for the first time in a long time this summer. And we're pretty much you know, sorted in terms of FFP and all that sort of thing. But the fear that a lot of Forest fans have is uh, Mr. Fawaz Al-Hasawi is a, divisive, is a divisive figure, to say the very least. Um, he has his cult following, but he also has his severe doubters and the the doubters, of which I'm one, by the way, were out in force last week because there's no sell-on clause for Lee Burke, which for a young teenager going for that money is absolutely crazy. Um, and little bits like that—it's 13 million straight up in cash, which is what we think has made the accepts accept it. It's a strange decision because Burke, as um, I'm sure Kev can attest from watching him against against Leeds a couple of weeks ago, is a proper star at this level. He's very, very talented. He seems to have become a different beast this season. Bit hit and miss last year, but he's he's quality. Um, and I think he would have been a, one of the championship star players this season if he'd have stayed. He hasn't, so you just got to kind of move on. And as I mentioned, the money wasn't reinvested. We signed two players on deadline day, which was Mustafa Carriol from Borough, which, you know... It, We've seen him in the championship plenty of times. He's not pulled up too many trees. He's, he's a solid player, but he's, he's not a huge acquisition in that sense. And uh, and a guy from Napoli, um, Dimitrao, I think his name is, who's never really done anything in Italy from, from what I can make of. But, you know, you, you wait and see what these players can sort of bring. Forrest this season will finish mid-table. Anything above bonus, anything below is a problem. Um, they've got a mid-table squad. It's probably not good enough for the playoffs. Too good to go down. So, that's fine for me, but for a lot of fans, the big issue is they want to be doing more. They want to constantly be pushing the playoffs because Forest are a massive club. It's actually the same for both Leeds and Villa. They probably don't really belong in the Championship in terms of their status, but here they are, and I, I think Forest fans still a lot of them still tend to struggle with that. And it's going to be an interesting season because, as is the same with Senor Cellino. Mr. Hasari likes to swing the axe unnecessarily every now and then as well. So you just got to wait and see. I like Montanier from the way he's, he's come in. Scored 11 goals in three home games so far. So entertaining football. you just got to wait and see where it ends up.
1: Yeah, you touched on Al Hassari there. Uh, what are your thoughts on his ownership? Or do you think, What do you think his ambitions for the club are? Because they, they seem unclear for me as a neutral.
3: <laughs> um, I could go on for hours and hours about Al Hassari. I won't for everyone's sake. The um, forest are currently in the midst of a takeover bid um, from Greece to try and get uh, Fawaz obviously out, to, you know, to replace him. And that was a big deal with the Burke deal. People were wondering, how oh, has he done that to fob off the Greek guys who are trying to take over?" Still, don't know the clarity on that. Um, Fawaz is still liked by quite a large section of forest supporters. There is quite a large section also there who think he should be gone. Um, but he, he, he's, he's a foreign owner who gets it in the sense of, yeah, I think he genuinely cares about the football club. And I think he really wants it to do well. He wants it in the Premier League. He said that the very first day he turned up, uh, Trent's side. His main issue is the way he's gone about it. And the organisational side of things, behind the scenes, backroom, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, at Forest has been shocking for a long, long time, and the people employed there to make decisions. There's very few of them, and it's essentially a, a dictatorship in in that sense, um, because that's where the decision gets made from. And they don't. They're not really football people. We've hired chief executives. We hired one, I think, from Villa, which Matt might be able to tell us more about. I can't remember his name for the life of me now. Um, le- earlier on this year, proper good chief exec. And he was ousted within three weeks because he left because he had nothing to do because he wasn't allowed to make any decisions. So I think that tells you a little bit more about um, Foisal Zawi and it it was a couple of people at the club who run the day to day, and they don't run it very well, in my opinion. But it's my opinion. Bloke sat in his house in in Nottingham, not a bloke who runs the club, unfortunately. So it's it's a weird one. I think the club would be better with us, um, out of it but at the same time he saved us with the money that he did put in so he's always put his money where his mouth is which has never been the problem the issue is the decisions that he makes
1: Yeah just moving on to you now Matt um, there has been a few changes at Aston Villa over the past week including the signings of Albert Adoma and Jonathan Codger what have your thoughts been on those?
4: Um, Paul Faulkner's the guy you're thinking of Stephen uh, by the way um, uh, yeah there's, so I mean well, Villa have had a Pretty busy um, summer transfer window. More um, generally, um, I think. Uh, I mean, we needed a bit of a root and branch change uh, in the squad. You know, a lot, a lot of players coming in, a lot of players going out. Not as many players going out as we kind of anticipated. Um, but I think uh, you mentioned Jake Khadija and uh, Adam Adoma sorry, I haven't worked out to pronounce his name quite yet. Um, you know, two very attacking players, you know, a striker and a kind of a, a winger. Um, and that shows, it's, it's reflective on how we played last season. I couldn't put the ball in the net. Well, couldn't defend either, but that's that's a different story. Um, and even this season where we've been creating chances, um, but not, that not being reflected, you know, in goals, well, in the, in the ball going in the back of the net. So, so, I mean, I don't know a great deal about Khadija. I mean, he, he was left out of the... Well, Villa played Bristol City in the last game and he was left out of the squad. Uh, I think at the time that's because, well, the press speculation was that he was going to go to Forest, uh, I, I believe, um but obviously came to us. Um, so, I get, the proof will kind of be in the, put, in the pudding um, next weekend, uh, or this weekend, rather, um, to see how they play. And we've also... I've just noticed we're in this an itch- interesting situation where three of our strikers are actually all on international duty at the moment in Africa. So in January that could be interesting if Khadija, Ayu, and Gisted uh, you know, are all playing there. So we'll lose three of our four, you know, main strikers for <laughs> for a month, which could prove interesting. Um, and who else we've we I mean, you know, and we've bolstered our defence a little bit. We've got a delay uh, from. From Leicester and James Chester, obviously from uh, from West Brom. Since I last came on this podcast, so I, th- I think the squad is is being boosted. Um, I don't think our start to the season is as bad as the table would maybe suggest. I think we've played okay. We've got our uh, goalkeepers made two, you know, pretty big howlers that have cost us four, at least four points. Um, so I'm not. Maybe I'm delusional, but I'm not too disheartened by how we are uh, at the moment. Even though we're even though we're sitting in sixteenth.
1: Yeah, the the last time you came on, you talked about your owner, and you said he'd be an interesting follow on Twitter, and I have since been following him, and a lot of the things he says sort of do make headlines whether for the right or wrong reasons sort of like announcing transfers before they've properly been done and uh, say he wants to get Villa uh, as like the most supported club in Europe which was was an interesting statement Uh, what do you think of uh, his social media presence as a fan Do do you like it or do you think it can be a bit too much at times
4: yeah I I may be the wrong person or maybe the right person to answer this, partly because, you know, I am a journalist um, and, and I cover the business of sports. So this is kind of very much in my in my area. I, I quite enjoy it, um, but I don't think it's too helpful. I mean, he, sh- he shouldn't really be. I mean, the fans love, obviously, they get an inside track just, you know, just on their Twitter feed. But I don't know how well that's going to go down you know with other clubs um you know the chairman at these football clubs obviously play a quite a big role in signing players so whether you know how other clubs feel about that um he's also been slating players you know sometimes uh, not naming names but other times naming names you know he's, he's had a pop at Aston Hall he's had a pop at you know kind of any any player who the fans are talking about tony tony likes to get his uh if uh, you get his comments on um So I, it's also, there's also a case that, you know, this is very much still in his honeymoon period, you know, he's only in the club for a few months and, and okay, Villa haven't had the best start, but say we don't win a game for three, for three matches or, you know, we end mid, you know, mid table in the championship, which will be deemed a failure for, you know, the club and and the fans. I don't think he will um, be seen in the same way as he is now. And he's learned And to be honest, he is he is loved at the moment. But you know, as we all know as football fans, it's, it's results on the pitch that matter, um, and that's what makes fans happy or sad at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, just moving on to Newcastle now. Uh... We did do a bit more business before the transfer deadline closed. We brought in Christian Atsu on loan from Chelsea, making us probably one of the 50 clubs in the football league to have a player on loan from Chelsea. So we'll see how that goes. He's, he's been about, he's played for Bournemouth, Everton. Uh, he's been in the Chelsea squad as well. And he's never really made an impact in English football. So uh, it will be interesting to see how he gets on. I, I think we did need some more uh, options on the wing. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. And I hope that he can sort of find the form he, he showed for Ghana. Uh, I think he played really well in the 2014 World Cup, so I'm hoping he can sort of play at that level. Uh, the, the main news uh, of the week was obviously us selling Moussa Sissoko to Spurs for £30 million, which was absurd to me. I didn't think we were going to get anywhere near that amount of money for him, because it, if, you, if you'd if watched him a lot over the last couple of seasons, he has been very inconsistent, and, and he... So a lot of the time he does go missing on the pitch and he, he, he'll he be one of the first to stop trying when things when you're 2-0 down and he was a major reason for our relegation so the fact that Spurs and Everton both put in 30 million bids for him was a bit weird and I think it sort of showed the the panic that exists on deadline day but we're happy we got that one done and we could get him out of the club because he was a damaging sort of influence on, on the team. But um, yeah, it, it, it closed up a good window for us. We bought in 12 new players. We made 31 million pound profit. So all the all the clubs that are, are sort of abusing Newcastle for buying their way to promotion, which I can understand because we've spent a lot of money, but it's not like we're spending money and not bring it back in. We have sold quite a few players. We've brought a lot of money back in, and that is how we have been able to spend that money. So it's gonna be interested to see how we do do this season because there's been a lot of changes and obviously that can take some time to have a, an, an effect on results but I am fairly positive about the season ahead and I am hoping that we can continue our sort of recent good form where we picked up four wins out of our last four in all competitions so yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more positive to be a Newcastle fan at the moment and obviously we've got a tough game against Derby at the weekend and we're going to see how that goes.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: But uh, I just want to move into the topics for today now. Um, how do each of you sort of assess the strength of the championship after the first five matches? And what do you think has changed from seasons past? We'll sort with you, Kev?
2: Well, I think it's proven now that the championship is probably the hardest, one of the hardest leagues in Europe, really, to you know, to get out of, basically, promotion-wise. Uh, there's so many good teams in there, so many good sort of ex-premiership teams that obviously all the fans think they should be in the premiership. You know, Wolves, Villa, Forest, Derby, Newcastle. There's so many to choose from. Uh, obviously, all their fans think they should be doing a lot better than what they are doing. Um, so I think it is a very tough league to get out of, Um But obviously the rewards are are, are so massive these days. You know, you get so much money now from television and everything that the Premiership is the only place to be. But the question is, what's the easiest route to get there? Do you spend your way there? Or do you just sort of gradually build like Eddie Howe did with Bournemouth? Just build a decent team from a lot of journeymen, really. And um, sort of try try and sort of uh, play your way into the Premiership, which they did to Effective use, and now they're you know they didn't get relegated last season, and they're looking fairly decent there now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very tough. Uh, you can't really gauge it after five games, I don't think. Really, I think it takes between 10 and 15 to see who's going to do well, who's going to be a playoff candidate, who's going to you know be in the bottom sort of six or seven teams. Um so it does take a little while to get used to the um, the new squads that teams have got. Um, hopefully that'll be us as well, because I, I do think we're in a slightly false position. Because I think we are we have been playing better than the results sort of suggest. Um, and obviously we've got two home games coming up now after the uh, international break. Effectively we do need six out of six, but you know, I think most Leeds fans would as long as we don't lose those two and try and get four at least, I think they'd be quite happy. Um but yeah, it's a very tough league, but the um, obviously the rewards are so substantial now that it's it, i think it's good to um you know, to to get as many good players as in as you can really and give it a go rather than just sort of hope uh, on a wing and a prayer like a lot of clubs do. But uh, We'll see how it goes. It's a long, it's a long old season playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And, you know, things do change dramatically, form changes by January. There could be, you know, uh, new teams involved in the promotion push, new teams involved in the relegation. So it is a very long season. And, um, you know, it's uh, not always the best squads get there. Uh, As Derby proved last season, I think they were the one of the better squads in the league, but they struggled. Um, obviously we're caught out near the end and it's you know it's. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to run away with it but it is going to be an interesting season
3: yeah actually this year is possibly stronger than it's been in quite a long time actually um, I think with the likes of the teams that have come down this season you look at you know, two who are with us on the, on the show today Newcastle and Villa um, and, and Norwich as well haven't really lost too many players that they had to, you know, be in the Premier League. Norwich in particular they haven't lost many players that got them to the Premier League either, which I think is important. So there's three quality championship teams that have come down. And I think if you look at the teams that were already in the league, you know, you look at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, who've invested some serious money, but, you know, are going about it you know, a a good way, playing some good football uh, they'll be a lot stronger this year, having you know been to the playoffs and just fell, fallen short last year. You have got the likes of of Huddersfield, who started the season on fire. Will they stick it out? Not too sure. But there's a lot of money being spent in the Championship, and you know you look at the teams like like Wolves, Brighton, Ipswich, Derby, for example. I haven't made a good start, but you know you can't imagine them particularly going to not you know be in and around the playoff positions by the time the season finishes. So you've got a lot of teams. Started this season with genuine and realistic as well playoff aspirations. And I don't think that's been the case in the Championship for a little while. Usually you kind of, you know, you know, the top five maybe like last season pretty much clear cut from about November who the top five were really going to be. And then, you know, the last sort of, or the top eight, say, the last sort of three months of the season sorted out the two who weren't going to make into the player places. And I don't think that's the case this year. I think it's really, really hard to call. You've got some genuinely quality teams with really decent players. I think Newcastle have done seriously well to persuade Premier League players to to take the step down, like Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, etc. And, you know, there's been some good investment everywhere. I think the money from the Premier League has filtered down to the Championship in a sense, whether that's a good thing or not. I'm not 100% sure. But I'd say it's got... Higher quality, there's more quality teams in it this year than it has been for quite a long time for me in the championship. Certainly since you know, I've, you know, it's, yeah, for a long time essentially. And whether whether that makes it more difficult to go up, I think it will do. I, I think Newcastle could feasibly not go up this season, for example, which would be a disaster. Um, I think Villa are going to really struggle to, to go up automatically. I think they'll probably be in the playoff positions by the end of the season. But again, it wouldn't be unfeasible, unfeasible should I say, for them to, to, to finish outside of the top six, not at all with the teams that are in the league. And, you know, you look at mining and Kev's teams, Forest and Leeds, historically two absolutely massive clubs. They're going to really struggle to be in the playoff positions this year because so many teams with decent money behind them, who are spending it well, um you know with with real genuine aspirations of going up and whether an outsider in that sense which is you know a team expected to finish mid-table or below can really jump the shark and get in there I'm not too sure to be completely honest with
1: you yeah I think I'd agree with that I think um Pre season when Newcastle were being tipped for promotion, I think we were the shortest uh, price for a winner in, in the championship, which was sort of, I think, overestimating our, our size and sort of thinking we'd walk it like we did last time. Because since then, the championship has improved a lot. And the one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of different styles in the league. You've sort of got. Um, David Wagner at Huddersfield. You've got uh, Fulham have sort of taken down the stats route and sort of bringing players in based on what their analysts say rather than the manager. And and then below that, you've sort of got uh, teams like Rotherham United, who... I don't think any any sort of team would, would like to play because they sort of play a certain style, and you're expected to win that game. Like most teams in the league, will be expected to beat Rotherham United, and that's just going to make it even tougher. So, and I I just think there's so many styles in this league, and it it, it could be as you say, you could be so uh, maybe one from maybe 14 or 15 could could get into those playoff spots, which is incredible. And the competitive nature of it does just makes uh, such entertaining games for me and uh, I'm enjoying being in the championship for a season because it's, it's a little different for, to the Premier League but <laughs> only
3: um, for a season there <laughs> yeah that's
1: what I would hopefully want just for a season but um yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes what are your thoughts on it about obviously Aston Villa have not been in the championship for a long long time so uh what are your thoughts on the division since getting relegated
4: yeah and I'm um I'm only 30 so I can't actually remember Villa not being in the Premier League until this season so I must I must confess <clears throat> this is the first, already this is the first time, you know, most championship games or, you know, second tier games that I've watched <laughs> in my life um, but I guess that gives me quite an interesting uh, perspective because it's, the, the standards is a lot better than I was anticipating and in no way are Villa anywhere near a cut above, you know, or looking like a... Premier League team in the championship you know and I I agree with with what Steve said Um, you know if Villa get into the playoffs I think that's, that's a result I mean I can't see us getting automatic promotion by any stretch of the imagination and I can see us missing out on it as well I mean in fact Di Matteo said relatively recently that you know getting Villa back to the Premier League is a two-year plan. You know, rather than Tony Girolo, who said you know he wants Villa to win the Champions League in ten years. So I, I'd probably take Di Matteo's word over over the chairman's. Um, I think one thing, one interesting thing that we haven't touched on yet is that I think in the January transfer window we're going to see a lot of spending as well, particularly from um, the clubs who will be in the top, you know, the top half of the table around there, be, just because that the, you know, the taste that you can get from, you know, the 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 opportunity of getting promotion and the the financial opportunity I'm I'm talking about is so, so bigger than what you can get in the championship that it's worth that gamble on a 15 million player um that we saw in the saw in the august transfer window so i don't think that's going to change um uh, a bit like i said before i think in terms of our starts of the season and our aspirations i think <clears throat> i think villa are playing better than a team that's 16th in the championship you know the opening game of the season we we miss it we didn't take our chances goalkeeper you know fluffed a kick uh on 85 minutes and we lose one nil um then the same kind of thing happened um, when we were one 0 up with five minutes to go, um, and even in the game which we lost three one against Bristol City, the last, champ- the last championship game, you know we were one 0 up a half time. We missed a shed load of chances, hit the woodwork. I think um, it's just a case of us not, you know, not not finishing. Hence, I guess why we we strengthened strengthened in attack. Um, but I. <clears throat> I think, Villa will, I think Villa will finish in the in the playoff spots, though it could be scraping it.
1: Yeah, that moves us on nicely to what I want to talk to uh, talk about next, which is each of our clubs starts. Uh, are, are each of you happy with the start, and has your expectations changed as a result? Well,
2: obviously our, our start, Leeds United, is not the best start. Um, it's one of our worst starts in an August since we got promoted from League One. But uh, I think. Some of the players that we have, such as Liam Bridkert, I think he's one of the best midfield players in the in the league, and he should be made captain now that Sol Bamba has moved on. He, I think he'll shore the uh, midfield up and the back four. He'll help out a lot and we'll get better. Uh, Luke Hirling looks a good prospect from Bristol City. He looks a decent right back. And, of course, we kept Charlie Taylor from the Premiership Wolves. And... Um, as, a, as Wolves, as in obviously the animal, not the club. Uh, a lot of clubs were after him. So if we can keep him at, at least subject, and defence looks assured. Um, we just need to sort of stick our chances away. And we've only got Chris Wood and Marcus Anderson as regular sort of strikers. We desperately needed somebody else in there as well. Uh, but I think in Gary Monk, we have got one of the best coaches outside the Premiership. Um, I think I think he'll do well long-term. Um I'll just think really that obviously if he's given a chance by the owner, which you know everybody knows how volatile and how how he can change his mind- fairly quickly um if he's given the chance to do what he should do, then it'll be okay but um there's always obviously talk as as with Forrest there's always talk about ownership and there's a a huge rumour going around at the moment that the Chinese are sort of looking at Leeds United, a Chinese group, you know, so things could change. Uh, It seems to be the in vogue thing at the moment for the Chinese companies to take over uh, English-based teams. So I think it's a case of watching this space on that particular one. Um, uh, Like I said before as well, next two games are crucial, both home games against Huddersfield and Blackburn. We've got to start improving our home record, which we only won seven times at Ellen Road last season, which is fairly abysmal in the league. We've got to get at least fourteen victories to sort of stand a chance of anything really. We've sort of finished fifteenth in the last sort of three, four years in the championship. Seems to be our favourite position there at the moment. Um I think playoffs do look a long way off at the moment, but in this league, you know, there's always a surprise team that sort of makes it into the playoffs. Um Sheffield Wednesday did it last season. Brighton did fairly well after having two fairly mediocre seasons prior to that. Middlesbrough got automatic promotion. They were fairly average before that as well. But it just goes to show that, you know, if you do sort of plough a bit of money into the club, not everybody's got a owner like Steve Gibson at Middlesbrough cause he sort of loves that club and everything he does is, you know, for the benefit of Middlesbrough. For everybody, had owner like him, I think you know teams would do rather well, but uh, we're stuck with what we have at the moment. So unless things change dramatically in the next sort of few weeks, hopefully Gary Monk will be given his chance, and hopefully he'll take it, and things will start to improve.
1: Yeah, Steve, coming on to you. What what are your thoughts on uh, being on Forest start, and has it changed the expectation for the season? You mentioned earlier that you think sort of a mid-table finish is what what you expect. Is that fair? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think so. Um I think it's what I expect, whether it's what the majority of Forest fans expect, that I'm not so sure. Um Forest don't have a good enough squad to finish top six for me. Um I think they're they're lacking a bit defensively, and if British on Belong gets injured, there's absolutely zero chance for happening. Um so they need to solidify defensively. They've conceded as many as have scored this season, which is quite an achievement considering they've already scored eleven. Um so there's 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 green shoots of optimism. Obviously, we're just um, we're coming off the back of a season in a bit with Dougie Friedman, which was quite dour football. I really like Dougie Friedman as a, as a manager. Um, he made us very defensively solid and quite hard to beat, which with the options that he had at his disposal, is about all he could really do, really. We've since got Britt back from injury, which is such a plus. He's a wonderful striker. Genuinely will just score goals and hit the championship. It's such a great quality to have. Um, so if Britt can stay fit Forrest can possibly do something surprising this season he's already looked pretty good this season he's already had to run a little injury as well um, so it's essentially all on his fitness cause I don't think there's really too much in terms of striking options once Britt uh, if Britt I should say um, breaks down with an injury so it's all on that really generally Forrest has looked pretty good um, at home particularly three three games, three wins at home which has been great um entertaining games as well generally um which is something that we've not been too used to uh, having had a year of um of Dougie Friedman with we've, we've had a 4 3, a 4 3 and a 3 1. So you know it's it's a pretty good bet if Forrester at the city ground anytime soon to put on both teams to score it's it's pretty much nailed on at, at this point. Um, in terms of expectation, I don't think it can be too high uh there's two there's too many good teams in the league this year for Forrest to to really upset the apple cart for me and i think Forrest too good to go down uh, i will say that so i think it's gonna be somewhere in the table it all depends on uh on if british or someone can stay fit if burke isn't missed too much um and yeah that's pretty much it if brit can stay fit and score 20 goals then forrest could do something the season but i I think he will do that anyway, but I, I still think Forrest will struggle to break uh, top six.
1: Yeah, I started the season thinking that uh, we would be the most li- most likely to win the league. Uh, maybe I bought a bit too much into the hype. I, did, I wasn't one of those that thought we were going to walk the league and sort of win all our home games, lose one or two games. I thought that was an unrealistic expectation to have, especially as you know, our squad have been, needs a lot of work on it and it needs to sort of build that winning mentality it's not just going to come overnight and uh, we've seen that in our start so far we we lost our first two games i think we were, we were possibly unlucky to lose both of them we we weren't outplayed but we didn't play well enough to t- win the points ourselves and uh, i think the experience of the, those championship sides showed at the end of the, they they managed to get the points and you know it, it was a wake-up call for newcastle uh both for the squad and the fan base and since then there has been uh, you know shoots of improvement it's, it's not been great but we've picked up three wins uh our last game against Brighton in particular was sort of a perfect championship performance we didn't concede but uh too many chances we took the chances that came our way both from set pieces which is something that you need to take advantage of this league and it would look like a, a proper Rafa Benitez team where we weren't conceding much and we just took the chances that came our way and I think as the season progresses we are going to become more efficient as we uh, understand the league more and get more experience and sort of learn what our best 11 is although Rafa likes to rotate a lot as, as, as we've already seen so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of works out but yeah I, i'm not overly confident about winning um the league i if i had to hazard a guess now i think we'll probably go up in second and i i'm not sure who who behind but i just i don't think we've got enough about us to win the league but i, I do think we are going to get promoted and that's if we that's probably what we need to be fair because it, it, it although we have made money in this window we don't have the financial sort of we don't mike actually does not invest enough in the, into this club alone to sort of make up that gap from the Premier League money so I, I do think we're going to go up I just don't think we're going to win the league sadly but there we go I'll, I'll take promotion right now if you, if it was offered to me whether that was the playoff second place or first I just that's the most important thing going up and it's not going to be easy but we'll see how that goes um, yeah just moving on to player watch now uh, I just want to ask each of you which sort of player has impressed for your club in August and is there anybody that's disappointed we'll start with you Matt uh,
4: I think uh, in terms of the players who have performed well, the, I mean the standout for me has been uh, what Jack Grealish. I mean he started scoring goals, which he needs to do. Um, I, mean, I know there's been a lot of hype and a lot of news around, you know, around Grealish, but he, he is a class, class player, and he he will play for England one day. Um, I'd I'd put money on it. Wow. Not my mortgage but I put money on it um you know on the ball he's brilliant um he's you know he's very difficult to tackle he's very creative and and that that kind of the goals even though he scored one Premier League goal last season um i think it was just one goal um he you know he he needed to add that to his game so so two goals in the first you know already in the championship i think i think is is brilliant um in terms of players who haven't perform to expectations i think actually last time i was on this podcast i said that uh jordan au if he was in the mood for the championship he'd score 30 goals um and the absolute opposite has happened today he doesn't look in the the mood whatsoever uh, he hasn't scored yet in the championship he scored in the league cup when we lost to luton but um he there was a a lot of disgruntledness, if that's the word, in the in the villa ranks when Grealish scored against Bristol City because all the villa players were celebrating and and Ayu just stood there on his own, just, just just wandering back to the center circle. Um and that kind of sums up, but it doesn't look like he's 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 in the mood for playing in the championship. So I don't quite know what's going to happen with him. I, I, I part of me thought he was gonna leave but he obviously stayed. Um and, uh, and just a kind of a small note to our, our goalkeeper, I've mentioned him a couple of times, Pierluigi Luigi Golini. He, he looks it looks a decent goalkeeper, but already two you know, two pretty big howlers that have that have cost us quite dearly. So it'd be interesting to see um what happens with him whether he retains his 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 place in the you know, in the starting well starting between the sticks. Um to be honest we don't have that many other options um, given Guzan went and remarkably Guzan is now a Premier League footballer uh, again but that's a different story
3: Yeah just on Grealish Matt I had the pleasure of watching him play week in week out for Notts County a few years back on his loan spell it was during a time when I was at university and we covered it for the, for the uni paper and you know that's the cool, the cool things that you do when you're at uni um, but he is I completely agree. I think he's the next big deal. He gets a bit of an unfair rap because the tabloids don't particularly like him when he gets a bit of stick for going to Ibiza on holiday like any other person. Um, but he's quality. And I think at championship level is his ideal level right now. Um, he tore it up in League One when he was there. I think it's a bit early for him to kind of be expected to keep Villa up last year in the Premier League. Um, but I think he's, he's going to come into his own this season. He's at his level and he is he's the business for me. I think he's going to be such a good player, such a good young talent. Um, in terms of Forrest, I saw already mentioned him, Really, there's only, there's only two real, the world, there was only two real standout players from from Forest this month. Uh, Oli Burke, who's obviously been sold, um, which is quite funny. He's almost posthumously got the Player of the Month award, I think, at Forrest this year. Um, and Britt Sambalonga, Britt's the man, basically. If he gets a chance, he scores. He's brilliant. Uh, genuine bona fide goal scorer, which is such a rare thing to have. Um, he'll be the difference whether Forest do something or don't. In terms of who hasn't impressed too much, um, the defence could do with work. Uh, Eric Lehigh has been on his typical slow start to the season at uh, right back. Um, we haven't really done too much at left back. We've got Danny Pinillos, who's uh, out injured, who's a proper good player. Um, which would be really nice for him to come back at some point. Um, and then our centre-backs just need a bit shoring up, really. Uh, Matt Mills is pretty decent, but the young lad we brought in from Finland, Thomas Lamb, um, is, is a little bit eccentric, which I'll debate this all day long at a Premier League level about whether you can have eccentric centre-backs, but you can't at a championship level. It's just It just never, ever works. So we're a little bit shaky defensively. So that would be pretty much it. Steven Henderson's not had the greatest starting goal replacing Doris De Vries, but I think with confidence he'll get much better. He had a great game against Leeds, I thought. Um, and he got a lot of stick-off his own fans, which was you know a shame um, after the first few games. But he seems to be picking back up now, which would be nice. So yeah, I, I think for me, basically, I'm, I'm a British I'm a longer fanboy. He's, he's just
1: the man. Um, and hopefully he can help us do something this year. Yeah, moving on to you now, Kev, who, who's sort of impressed for Leeds United and has anyone disappointed?
2: Um, well, Marcus Antonsson, um, he looks a, a decent prospect, a Swedish player that uh, used to play for Pep Clotet in the past. I think he'll be uh, a good acquisition long term. Uh, Chris Wood, obviously, is still only 23, but he, he sounds a lot older because he's had so many clubs on loan. He's got three and six, which is fairly good for a striker. If he keeps that up, he'll get 20 goals this season. I'm sure with the right service he'll he'll bang them in for us. Leanberg cut in midfield. I think he's an outstanding championship midfield player. He was fantastic at Brighton, which is why he got a big money move to Sutherland under Gus Poi. I think if he recaptures that farm again for us, he'll he'll do well. Um, looking forward to seeing Pontus Janssen, Swedish International again. Uh, He has like uh, he has a tendency of uh, being quite extravagant. He does crowd turns in the in his own area, which obviously can be a bit dangerous. But he he seems he's six foot five, and I don't think he'll miss many headers. Um, I think I'll take Rob taking Rob Green a little bit of time to get used to the fact that he's not playing for a a London team anymore. He's you know playing for us. I I think he'll be okay long term as well. I think uh, Luke Irland obviously he's, he's been. He came in because Berardi was uh, injured and obviously he's taken his place at right back. Didn't have a very good game at Forest, but I think overall he's been fairly good for us. Um, I'm fairly hopeful for the future. Uh, I think if uh, the young stars that are rising again, we've got Tyler Denton who made his debut at Luton at left back, scored the winning goal um, on his debut, then he signed a three-year contract. Very, very refreshing for a player to say it's the best week of his life. And, you know, all these um, money-grabbing players that you hear these days that, that you know, don't seem to be too bothered about anything, basically. But it's so refreshing to hear a young kid being excited about his future. So hopefully big things to come from him as well. And obviously we've got Alex Mowit, sort of, um in midfield, one of our sort of uh, young prospects that's, Hopefully we need a good season from him. He's got a fantastic left peg on him. He scores goals from all kinds of um, areas of the on the pitch. Got a great free kick on him as well. So once the players step up a little bit and the new players get used to the fact that they're playing in the championship, like Pablo Hernandez, who's a quality player, but he's taking a little bit of time to find his feet. Once these players do find their feet, I think we'll uh, rise up the table. I'm not say not saying we're gonna be anywhere near the playoffs by any means. But as long as Gary Monk gets things moving, gets us in the top 10 at least, then it should be promising for the future.
1: Yeah, I'd just like to touch on a few players at Newcastle... Uh... The three players that have impressed me have been the three three of our new signings, Matt Ritchie, who I hadn't really watched that much of in the past. Like I've I've seen bits of him for Bournemouth here and there, but I never really watched him over a full 90 minutes. And you can sort of tell the quality he has. He's just so good on the ball. He never looks like he's going to be tackled. He, he always his decision making when he you know in terms of passing and crossing and uh, his runs into the, in the final third are all very impressive. And you could definitely see he's a Premier League player, and he he looks to be one one of the better one of our better Signings. Uh, Dwight Gales obviously scored a few goals, which is which is nice, and they've all been different goals that he's he scored. Uh, a nice a nice one against uh, Bristol City where he, he ran in behind the back four and sort of finished it, and then he scored a free kick against Reading, and then there was a, a classic sort of poacher's goal against Reading as well. And It's uh, promising not only to see him scoring goals, but. For them to be all different types of goals, because that, that's the sort of striker I think we need in this division. I'm not too certain how much game time he's going to get now. Alexander Mitrovic is back because he's sort of more physical and he, he sort of suits our style a lot more. It would be interesting to see if Rafa does go with two up top because that that would be interesting because it's something he's not really done throughout his career. So we'll just have to see how he sort of works that out. And uh, another player that has impressed me is Isaac Hayden. Uh, he played for Hull last season on loan. We we took him from Arsenal. And he's just to straight into our centre midfield, and he just looks like such a good player. Like I, when we signed him, there sort of people that had watched him at whole were, say, uh, were saying that he, he could possibly go on and play for England. And from what I've seen, he's definitely sort of got that potential. It just it'd be interesting to see how we manage him and sort of see if he, if we did go up, if he could sort of continue playing at that level in, in the Premier League as well but that three signings that I think definitely improve us and I'm excited to see a lot more of them in terms of somebody who's disappointed me it has to be a Jose Perez uh, I said before the season on this podcast that I thought that he was gonna be one of the best players in the division this year purely on talent I thought it's a massive coup for us to keep him he just doesn't look motivated uh maybe maybe that's the wrong term but he he just looks like he's not physically ready for this league he's getting pushed off the ball um he goes down for fouls that he maybe would have got in the premier league and he's not getting them in the championship and i I think it's going to take him a bit of time to adjust to the league which is which is disappointing for us because i thought he was going to be a big player but he's definitely got the talent to go on and sort of have a good season and hopefully he does that um yeah just before we uh wrap up the podcast today. Uh, Obviously, there's been no matches this week, but next week, they do return. And I'd just like to hear each of your thoughts on your upcoming fixtures. We'll start with you, Kev. You've got, you talked about it. You've got the sort of local derby against Huddersfield. What is your prediction for that game?
2: Um, It's going to be a very tough game because obviously Huddersfield are flying at the moment. But I think if we play to our potential I think we could sneak a 2-1 victory maybe and get our season rolling again. So he's hoping in front of uh, 30,000 fans.
1: Yeah, I'll just move on to the another fixture now. It's going to be the Aston Villa against Nottingham Forest. So it'll be great to have both of your inputs on this. How do you <laughs> think this is going to go down? We'll start with you, Steve, as uh, you're the visiting team and we'll, we'll let Matt round it off.
3: Yeah, I, I think... Um... Forest haven't travelled too well this year. Two games in the league, I think, and two defeats. I think that's right. Uh, Yeah, Brighton and Brentford. Yeah, that's um, so, yeah, they haven't travelled particularly well this season. Uh, Generally, I don't think the man Montagnier has got English away games figured out too well yet. Um, We can attack at home and it's great, but sometimes in this division, you do have to just shop a little bit on the roads. And it wouldn't surprise me to be honest if Villa have a little bit too much for Forrest um at the weekend. Um and naturally now what will happen is Matt will probably predict Villa to be awful and Forrest to grab a win, such as the situation in our two clubs at the minute. But um but yeah, I think I think Forrest to be very, very happy with a point, which would be a bit of progress on the road this year.
4: I think it's it's gonna be fascinating to see what team Dimato um yeah. Puts out for the Forest game. I, th- I think. I mean, I, I tend to agree with Steve. I think uh, Villa are definitely the favourites here. So it's uh, it's going to be a great game. It's on TV as well, which um, always kind of ramps up the the hype around it. I I, <clears throat> I think if Villa can put put away chances, which has been our bugbear so far this season, I, I think we should hopefully win comfortably. But again, that comes down to whether he starts. Whether he starts. Well, who does he have from? We've got a load of um, players, to, uh, strikers to pick from, um, and also, Steve, you may be well on one hand happy and on one hand sad to hear that Grealish has just gone home early from England under twenty one duty because he's picked up an injury. So no one quite knows how serious that is, but it doesn't. It sounds pretty om- ominous. So he may be missing out. So um, I guess we'll be paying close attention to that in the week.
3: Yeah, great news for Forest if you can't make it. But you've got plenty of players who can come in and, and do a job. Whereas that's that's the benefit of, of coming down from the Prem and having money to spend is that you've probably got two fairly solid, you know, championship players in each position. Forest don't necessarily have that. So we've we've lost Burke and our replacement for him, it looks like it's gonna be Mustafa Karyol. Our backup to Mustafa Karyol is yeah, pretty much non existent. So yeah, I think you'll probably be able to replace that. Forests need to learn how to play on the break again. They were so good at under Dougie uh, last season. Um, we actually picked up some really, really good results on the road. We we beat Borough away. Um, just yeah, we were pretty good on the road at good teams. We beat Holloway as well. So if we can learn to do that again, that'd be brilliant. But I can't see it happened. I think I think it's a win. Yeah, and, uh, Newcastle. We are
1: going to Derby County in the, in the evening fixture on Saturday. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one because Derby are historically quite a good championship club and many think they should have been promoted uh, either in the last, in one of the last three or four seasons and they haven't been. Uh, and they've brought in Nigel Pearson who obviously knows this division and sort of started the, the, what happened at Leicester last season. He, he, he laid the foundations so and he played a big part in that. So they were hoping that he was going to be the man to come in and get them up and at the moment they haven't looked that good i mean they've only scored one goal i think in the league they they've uh, lost to burton albion they've not really picked up many points um they've sold jeff hendrick to burnley and he was a very big player for them so it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them this year because i'm I'm not totally convinced by what they've done in the transfer market i'm not totally convinced by their start and i think newcastle should be going to sort so quite confident and thinking we can beat them whether that's going to happen, I'm not too sure. I think I think the most likely result is going to be a draw, and and to be honest, that'd be an all right result for Newcastle. Take it taking a draw from who should be one of our promotion candidates, uh, sort of challengers. That would that would be very good. So I'm going to say a draw. I'm I'm quite negative as, as a Newcastle fan. As the last few years have made me like that. So I'm going to go for a draw. But it, we could very easily win, and we we, we should maybe go there ex- expecting to. But yeah, just with that, we're now out of time. I just want to thank each of you for joining us today. And uh, if you'd like to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you're involved in, now would be a good time.
2: Hi, uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm available on Leeds United underscore mad at any time. Um, with up-to-date news of Leeds, um, doing bits and pieces for Radio Yorkshire as well. And um, yeah, it's great to hear from you guys. And hopefully we'll all have decent seasons this season.
3: Yeah, I'm available on TFF Podcast. That's the account of the Forever Forest Podcast. podcast. Um, we do a lot of tweets, usually mocking how rubbish we are. But yeah, we're, we're pretty good at being rubbish. Uh, there'll probably be a lot of self-pity uh, this weekend, while Matt probably gloats across all of his Twitter accounts, which I'm expecting to see. You can also get me on at Stephen Jameson underscore.
4: And yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Matthew Cutler, and my podcast is at SB Weekly podcast um, so if anyone's interested in the business of sport <clears throat> I've got quite a good one coming out this Wednesday with uh, Barry Hearn who uh, is quite candid let's say about uh, in his views about the sports industry um, but yeah thanks for having me and uh, up the villa and all that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I do a lot of writing. I do stuff on EPL Index, the the boot room, Newcastle 360. And I do a weekly championship betting preview for Get Bet Smart. So check all that out. And uh, my Twitter account is at Jake 2 n so you can get everything I do on there. But just uh, thanks so much for listening today, guys. And we hope you join us again soon on the Championship Roundtable.